This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Good evening. You are listening to Love Sport and the Chelsea Fan Show with the guys from the Chelsea Fancast, Jonathan Kidd. Kiddo. And Dan Silver, I'm Matt Beadle, will be with you through to 8pm this evening. And I've got to say that a certain man who isn't here by the name of Stamford Chidge is going to be furious that we've started the show with that music. Because he likes the uh, um, the liquidator, doesn't he? He does. To start it off with, yeah. He's not going to be happy about that. He won't. Well, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll probably ring in and tell us. Mix up a little bit. <laughs> well, the Chidge is away, the mice will play. Oh, there we go. <laughs> when the Chidge is away. And listen, guys, speaking of away and being away Chelsea were away last week first victory of the season first Premier League win for Frank Lampard great result yeah very good result tough game but great result I think it's a real building block for us you know we bet in two soft goals got the win held out Tammy scored it was it's a very slow process isn't it John there were, it's, it's, there were very, very many positives yeah, to be had from that one particularly yeah. for me the uh, performances of Kovacic and Jorginho and Mason Mount yeah, who was fa- and also Pulisic is really, I think... He's showing some great yeah, signs. Yeah, he's got some t- real he's a, skills. He's a real, skill, who, real skillful player. Who would have thought releasing players from shackles and making them play really well? Because, mm. you know, you don't play for Real Madrid. You don't play for Napoli. You don't aren't want to buy Pep if you're not a decent footballer. When Sarri's tactics are so rigid, you can't really express yourself. Whereas Frank's a bit more... A bit gung-ho, but... Well, interesting. I, I was intrigued by Kovacic's very first performance for Chelsea under Sarri, where he was terrific and seemed yeah. to be all over the pitch, was clearly something that Sarri hated. Yeah. And then put him put the straight jacket on immediately yeah. after that. He worked an he, extendable lead to a short that's lead. What he, did. Yeah. he did after that because he was fantastic when he first. He's a very first technic- technically very good player. Yeah, yeah. As, as is Jorginho. It was, it's nice to see them. I, I, I felt that the, uh, I think, what was it, on about 30 minutes, there was a Jorginho yeah. chant. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And it was, it was actually, a, it, was a, it was, I felt quite emotional about it. Because was, c- considering yeah. the, the, uh, the terrible... The vitriol. Um, yeah, there yeah. Was, yeah, there was a bloke, I remember, when he came on towards the, the worst excesses of the, uh, of the, uh, the Sarri season, yeah. who, um, almost as if he was an emperor in the, uh, um, in the Colosseum, Put his thumb down yeah. when Jorginho was substituted 
and just stood around in his peaky blinders hat, yeah. this bloke with his thumb down. Looking for validation. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and to, to actually have this being done, and you thought there are some discerning fans there who have appreciated that he's, he's yeah. done what he said he'd do, which he said, I'm not, I'm not tied to Sarri, and yeah. he's come out, and there's clearly a class act, and I thought that that chant was absolutely brilliant. And he said to me, I want to be Chelsea Jorginho, not Sarri Jorginho as well. Absolutely. Um, it, it, I think the, you know, the away fans are probably a very good barometer for the true things of the club because they go home and away week in, week out. They're, they're probably the real hardcore of the fans, and I think they, they what, if, not, you know, when they start booing and stuff like that, you know there's a problem. But I think it was great to see, got behind him, and the problem with Kovacic is though, how on earth do you get a song for him? Indeed, but I was yeah. thinking. Yeah, I was thinking whether you whether you uh, you do a cuff 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 yeah. or something or something well, very peculiar, well, we which you start up on your own and nobody pays any yeah. attention to you. Is that tied to anything, whatsoever. kiddo, or is that just something straight off the top of your head? That, funny enough, was straight off the top of my head. You could tell there. Need some work. No, no, but I think <laughs> no. There was something I was thinking. Uh, what was it? And I don't know what that is. What about not like cockroach? I tweeted. We need a song for the cover. Like we had, a, we need a song for Ramirez. Do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, we need something, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know, oh, Matteo, that one doesn't work. No, All no, the no, kind of standard no, songs no, you want to do, right, yeah. But if you hope there'll be one that somebody will come as long up as it's with. Not LA, but LA, it will LA. be with that appalling moment where some poor chap starts off a song and nobody pays any yeah. attention to him. I was actually present when um, uh, Tiago got his song. At, uh, yeah, Crystal Palace. at Crystal Palace. Yeah. And a bloke stood up. It was actually a fantastic moment. Yeah. A bloke stood up on a chair with a piece of paper and he sang, Tiago, um, Tiago, he comes from Portugal, he hates the Arsenal. And that song was then sung for the rest of the game. And that, of course, that was the game that dro- I think it Job was, was the first goal from Babiola across. Yeah, yeah. And the sort of, the, what I loved as well was the, the, uh, the, the attempts of the, uh, of the security guys wandering up and down to get this bloke to stand yeah. down off the chair. And he would not. It just went on and on Brilliant. and on. Yeah. And everybody joined in. And it was fair enough because it was, you know, it was obviously it was a, 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 an obvious song, but nonetheless, it was there was a kind of joy. This is the first time we've ever sung this, yeah. so it'd be nice to come up with something. something for it, you know? it takes yeah. a very brave man to oh. do that, so you have to applaud oh. him. But it takes a very brave man even to start a song off. I was next to a, a, a song starter-upper um, at a West Ham game once. I remember and this bloke was just you know he'd go. Zikazaka, uh, well, he sort of, yeah, yeah. he was trying it out. Zikazaka, Zikazaka, and he's waiting for somebody to go, oi, 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 near him, and there's silence, you know. And yeah. So he goes. Oh, mm, mm, there's a bit mm, of um, urban myth about a Chelsea song, you know, the Carefree song, it, 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 in full speed, and this woman turns around and goes, "Excuse me, who's who's Jeffrey?" <laughs> Where we was like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> It's incredibly political, though, isn't it? I imagine it's probably the same at Chelsea. A few football clubs I've been to, singing is quite political and there is an ownership amongst a certain section of fans who are like, no, 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 we start the songs here. And sometimes if someone's a bit brave or they've had a few too many and they're not with that contingent and they start one off, they might get a few followers in and around them, but the singing section don't like it. Well, I don't really see that uh, when I'm away mm-hmm. with, with the, no, the, with, all, with all the away fans. fans. Away fans is different, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Home fans is kind of like you get, you know, Matthew Hardy will sing something, the Shed will sing something, East End, well, they just eat the we, pies. We don't do anything. You just eat the venison pies. No, no, we, no well, uh, there are some that I listen to and I think, yeah. oh, I like that one. One of my favourites really is, um, uh, really is You Are My Chelsea, My Only uh, Chelsea, yeah. You Make Me Happy. But only because I like the na 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 I always go, very, very, you know, even if I'm in the East Stand on my own and, you know, no, I'm the only person singing. 
For those who can't see Jonathan Kidd right now, his facial expressions, real menace. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't menace, it was joy. Oh, okay, right. That's my joyous expression. Menace would be that. (laughs) You can't see his eyes for sunglasses. Yeah, (laughs) take the glasses off. Oh, hello. Uh, hello. The Kovacic chant. To be fair, if anybody, anyone listening, if you've got an idea for a Matteo Kovacic chant, get in touch with us. 0208 70 20 558 or on the socials at Love Sport Radio. Go on, kiddo. Oh, coffee, 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 cover, chitch. There, oh, yeah, I like that. That's a potential. Your old Matteo. That does work, but it, the the pronunciation is a bit yeah. weird. Cover, chitch. Yeah. Doesn't really work. And that you was care, terrible, but, the one yeah. I suggested. It was. Cover, 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 chitch. What's that changes song? That's oh you pretty things. Yeah, perhaps not. To go through my song list the way home. Song list, that's right. Yeah, that's good. We could do "Lovely Day." Oh, Carvajal, just keep it going. Okay. You know, perhaps not. Yeah, no. We're going to move on. Yeah. If anybody does have any ideas, do let us know. We're going to move on to Tammy Abraham. Yeah, yeah. Now he got off the mark. That first goal, by the way. Beautifully taken. 21 years old and 326 days. Third youngest player to score a brace in the Premier League for Chelsea. Can you name the other two? We always like a quiz on this show. Mark Nichols? Yep. Oh, very good. Yeah. Very good. And Premier League this is. So, yeah, Mark um, Nichols was one. The other one is... Academy player. Uh, he, I think he Eddie, was Eddie an Newton. academy. It was Eddie yeah. Newton. There Tot- we oh, go. Tot- Tottenham away. Oh. D- Dan Silva. Tottenham away. You yeah. are correct. I was there. <laughs> Because it was Porterfield was the manager. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't believe it that we'd won. He played him up front, and didn't Bobby he? Stewart passed to him. I and didn't know Sol Campbell Bobby, yeah. scored his first Spurs goal in that game as well. Interesting fact. Yeah, bloody One hell. So I remember that. I yeah. remember Sol Campbell because he was playing in a more advanced role. He was playing as a striker as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. Was he? Yeah. He was Solzier at the time, not Sol. There we go. Yeah. He was what? Solzier. His full name is Solzier Campbell. Oh, he was called or that, Sol- was Solzier, apologies. Not the Solomon. No, Solzier. So that's how he was announced as a player in that game. Yeah. There you go. Well, I'll tell you what, if you want the knowledge, speak to Dan Silver and yeah, Tammy Abraham, wow. those two goals. So good to get him off the mark. And Fra- interestingly, it was a Dave Cross, it was Aspu, who I've been very rude what? about from his crossing, but it was a lovely move. Cross, and the way Tammy kind of just stepped back to make space yeah. and just. And both his goals were brilliantly taken. The second yeah, goal yeah, was, so the second Well, way, yeah, really, yeah. really well taken. He's looking at Platt. I was listening to Pat Nevin on a podcast and he's been there a long time and um, Tammy just lives and breathes football he's got the most fantastic attitude he's, he's like Lampard he's always staying on beyond for finishing training he and Mason Mount are really are great role models for anybody who it wants to make it the whole the, 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 what Frank appears to be trying to play Tammy fits more easily than uh, El Beardo because he he seems to it's more uh, mobile it's the mobility yeah. that is absolutely necessary ch- making more runs in the channels to yeah. make space yeah. Giroud wouldn't have got that third goal no. it's not his game but Giroud played well when he, he came on yeah. he's, a, he's a different sort of player once we know that he's going to yeah. be deflecting and he's, he's going to be uh, um, holding the ball up much yeah. more and a great you know, like, and he, like was, he, he got the, 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 the referee got that one right the VAR yeah, got that, the, the decision when because he, he did back into Krull for Zuma's goal but yeah. the rest of it was a farce oh, that's we, the, are we getting onto that I'll, in the script the, the, the VAR I, no we're no, not going to talk about VAR no. kid I'm afraid we're it not, is not on the agenda no we are not I, I'm fed up with giving it airtime. 
Okay. Because can anything not, I say or do, it's not going to make any difference. Can we not talk about the 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 risible display from Atkinson? And, <laughs> yeah, but that's I'm sorry, referees and, have been and, and, and Mariner at the other end. Yeah, but uh, VAR has made it, no difference. The quality of referees in the Premier League has been on downward spiral for a very long time. There's but, very but isn't few. It, quality isn't it going to be even worse if one of the other the referee at Stockley <laughs> Park the problem, the problem is? is uh, is Mariner? If it's a foul, it doesn't it can be minimal contact? Doesn't mean to be. There's not a, a line that says it's got to be sixty percent contact. If there's contact, there's a foul. You know, and and they do. They, they're raising the bar. Well, why are you raising the bar? If it's a mistake, it's a penalty. The whole point of what I thought was VAR was not was to say, oh, actually, what you know what, Andre Mariner, you got that wrong. That is a penalty. They call it back as a penalty. Anyway, VAR. It's, it's, We're not talking about it. No, yeah. no. I'm Goal sorry. Technology is where it should have ended. And 100. percent Yeah. And the VAR buck stopped with me after the Super Cup, which you mentioned on a previous show, kiddo. And yeah. the fact that Adrian was off his line and it didn't get given. Mm. And people can't go. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. They got no, no, no. With VAR, you've you've foregone the right to say, oh, they made a mistake. With VAR, everything has to be Absolutely. correct. And that wasn't correct because they were celebrating. They thought, crikey, yeah, we can't we, do anything. We, about we can't it. do anything now. Absolutely. We can't say, oh, guys, by the way, sorry, you've got to retake. It would have been very funny though. Oh, it would have been absolutely yeah. brilliant. But I mean, I hate VAR, so I wouldn't yeah, have enjoyed I, it. I just think it's, but it's, it's a shambles. You can't. You can't. No, I just, but I just wanted to say, I think it's gone into a different world when. The two people who are involved in the VAR are two of the worst referees in the division, mm. which is what happened in that game. You always going to get that anyway because they, you know, they they all they alternate, don't they? The biggest yeah. issue is if there's a mistake, there's a mistake. Yeah, it's a mistake. You give the penalty. I don't care about you know the referees. They didn't see it. It's a penalty. Yeah. And all this always getting even itself out. Well, but you know, in cricket, they don't have a problem with uh, with overruling and saying no, you got it wrong. But they clearly do. They within need. That they need situation. like they do the crickets watching the last day of the test. It was like, oh, okay, you hear the fourth umpire talking and explaining what he's doing. Can I see this? Can I see yeah. that? Yeah. And yeah. that's fine because people don't know in the ground. No idea what's going on. No, no, no idea because you can't get Wi-Fi for love nor money anymore because everyone's on the, the right. Wi-Fi. So like, that's right. That's right. Or like they do in um, American football when you know the the appeal, you throw a flag on if you think there's a yeah. an unjust. In NFL you do, yeah. I've had yeah. a note from our producer, Josh, who has reminded me that during the Women's World Cup, the English FA did say they weren't going to use VAR to check if keepers were off their lines on pens. Now, Josh, that's fine. Firstly, this is a super cup, so not affiliated to the FA. And secondly, this is my problem with VAR, is that we have the video technology. So even if you say, oh, we're not going to use it for that, we can then look at the video techno- the, vid- the replay, and people will go, well, hang on, if we've got it there, why don't we use it? So once you start it, you're creating uh, an issue altogether. So basically, you know, goal line technology is black and white. It's either over the line or it's not, as it's been proved, VAR is subjective. Was it a foul for me? Yes. For how for him? No. It's black and white decisions only, like with goal line technology. That's mm-hmm. the best issue. They should have stopped it at that. And then listen, refs make mistakes, they're human, so what? Yeah, they do make mistakes. And we did say we weren't going to talk yes, about VAR. Yeah, All we've done well, is I talk think, about VAR. Well, no, I think so we've given it a nice little... Uh, yeah, um, we've, we've rounded you know, it we've, off. It, yeah. uh, involving the fact that... Uh, Dave was chopped to the ground, obviously, and there should have been a penalty. But apart from that, Chelsea's performance was uh, outstanding, except for the two goals, of course, it was. And they conceded. In between the lines. And we will move, move on to that after this. Love Sport. Yep, this is Love Sport and the Chelsea Fan Show. Me, Matt Beadle, with the guys from the Chelsea Fan Cast, Jonathan Kidd and Dan Silver. He missed it. Too busy on his phone. First time ever on this show, Jonathan Kidd has not gone kiddo when I've said his name. Kiddo. <laughs> he missed it. I'm going to never let you forget that, yeah. Mr. Kidd. Now, we want to talk youth because this is a, a big deal to come out of last week. Chelsea's lineup, starting lineup, average age of 24 years and 208 days, youngest in the Premier League yeah. since February 94. A big, big deal with that. We've spoken about Tammy Abraham, Mason Mount as well coming to the fore. Yeah, Mason's looking really good. I mean, the way he took that goal was very Frank Lampard-esque, you know, late into the box, 
brilliant finish, made space. He's looking a really good player. He's got he's got one of his players. He's got the desire, the hunger. Yeah. He's learned his trade. He because I think his dad wanted to take him away from Chelsea at one point. He goes, no, I'm gonna stay on a, on at my place. And the year with Frank has really helped him because I think Frank knows exactly what his strengths are. But he played him in a different position though, and he still managed, didn't he? Because yeah. the whole thing was was thrown up in the air because Pedro was injured uh, in the warm up. Yeah, yeah, and he brought in Buckley, which that actually helped put the uh, average age down. down but, yeah. um, but the, pre- the pressure but, he put on uh, for the Leicester goal on the defender and then that, the way he just created space and then absolutely smashed clearly it clearly a class act clearly yeah, he's uh, a very good player and, and I've been, been bemused by people putting forward um, teams they would pick when Adoy oh. and uh, um, Cheek are back yeah. and uh, Rudiger and Mount doesn't get in and you think no well, uh, what, 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 what do you he have? will do of course, you know, of course he will but in, I don't understand well, why people I think you know immediately that somehow that these players have precedence they haven't been playing it's yeah. that thing about I mean, people not playing somehow get bigger in stature even because I mean, of their past reputation Ruben no, also, he's been completely fantastic you then make it work around Mount because yeah. Mount's been so good and Ruben's because of his sheer size and physique yeah, it's taken yeah, him a long yeah. time to get back up to speed as yeah, well yeah. Um, I think Barkley might be collateral damage in that I think if Hey. Potentially. Well, we had a discussion last week about the m- number of times that Barkley was caught in possession. Yeah. And he was caught in possession again, twice. But then, weird in the second half, was much, much better. He did a com- fantastic Maisie run where he beat yeah. five players across and, and laid it off to Dave, who was, whose shot was blocked. But yeah. I, I, it was, what I don't know what, what, what happens to Barkley. He seems to, he dithers. There's a dithering quality yeah. to him, which he, when he goes, plays forward and goes forward, you think, this is a class like, act. Yeah. I mean, but he doesn't I, have to I think about it, so he becomes like reactionary rather than, wait, yeah, you know. Yeah. Because he's, he's a very, very good player. Listen, he, he, was, he, was a, he was a, you know, a risk at 15 million, but now you think if you sell him, he's a 40 million pound player to someone, isn't he? Oh, definitely. If we do yeah. sell him. So I think yeah. he might be collateral damage next season if we, you know, if Mount carries on and ripped off the cheek and so on. Kovacic, because Kovacic is young, uh, Jorginho is young, so we've got quite a young midfield, so one or two has to go then maybe it'll be Barkley it's just it's the defence which is still slightly the problem it's not being able to deal with the counter attack no well the problem which, was like uh, the, the, the Pookie goal was like in between two defenders and you think well because yeah. he's running from midfield no one from midfield sort of come back to pick up on the strike and make them run to the box and he got in between who was it I can't remember now Christensen and um, Zuma Zuma yeah I, I would say the thing with the Pookie goal as well now I raised this with our resident goalkeeper expert Richard Lee and said that those types of goals really aggravate me because whilst it was a good run and whilst the, the through ball was good and he was there to, to get his shot in Timu Puku, he's had a great start to the Premier League, of course, I feel like Kepper could have done better there. I feel like in those scenarios, and you see these goals a lot, so I'm not just blaming Kepper on his own. Mm-hmm. I'm blaming a lot of goalkeepers where Puki hasn't had to do much. He hasn't had to, to, to be crafty with his shot. He's literally just hit it towards goal. And Kepper has come out and he's not quite got his spread right. And he's just he's managed to get a parry to it. Isn't it's it bobbled the fear, over the line. Fear. Strong wrist. Yeah. Isn't it the fear, though, they, that they're going to be beaten on the near post? Isn't that what happens with the goalkeeper? Right. They're, they're covered, so they're slightly off balance when the shot is played. I always think that that's kind of the... the the area that you, you, it's in the embarrassment area for the goalkeeper. Yeah, but well, the cliche embarrassment area that we always hear goalkeepers shouldn't be beaten on their near post. Why? Not necessarily. Oh, that Chet, doesn't always make sense. Chet was quite often beaten by his left hand post, wasn't he? And he was caught in between. You, you either come or you stay, and he sort of half came and then and just didn't like you said. And this has been labelled at uh, at Kepa before hmm. in terms of his wrists not actually being able to parry strong enough. We saw in the Super Cup that evidently he has got strong wrists yeah. with that double save that he made. But I just think that he could have done better on yeah, that definitely. occasion. Absolutely, definitely. Mm. And it was, I think, one of the only... You know, they had two shots practically in the in the game. They had that header from Godfrey hit the bar after he'd done a run yeah. and they had a, a volley a bit later on. Other than that, I think they had four 
four shots on target, Norwich, and practically the whole of the game. It was so biased towards Chelsea, yeah. and yet they score two of them. Yeah. And yeah. that is something that will, of course, be addressed when Rudiger comes back. You can imagine that changing. But in terms of the, the youth you're talking about there and the young midfield that you've got, arguably now one of the most exciting young midfields in English football. And it's funny that... That's only after four games. Exactly. You get yeah. the knee-jerk reaction after one game, yeah. after that Man United loss, and everyone thought, oh, yeah, Mount's probably not up for it. Tammy Abraham, we're not sure about yeah. him. Yeah. And a few weeks later, that narrative well, is changing. I think it's because they were poor in the second half. That was the trouble. But they, they're uh, young lads who haven't yeah. played top-flight Premier League properly for a long time. I mean, we know that Abraham had that spell with Swansea. It wasn't quite the right time for him. But he's now scored, what, 28 goals over the, over the past six, two he's seasons? He's got 60 goals in 115 championship yeah. matches or something, which is well, a phenomenal record. Well, better than any English striker. Yeah, and Swansea was just a bad meal and they've changed managers, they were struggling. It was a bad they? time. Yeah, bad, bad time. But no, I think but he's and, done, and he's done yet, well at Villa and Bristol City. All, I still think that the, uh, the, the media wolves will be out in force if, uh, if Saturday's a draw. So, so, so be it. I mean, you know, everyone goes on about this. What about Phil Foden at Man City? He barely gets a look at it. You know, Pep says you're the best player in the world when you're playing Macclesfield in the Cup. Give, you know... We're giving English youth players a chance. It's interesting that we fantastic. are playing Macclesfield in the Cup, which is coming yeah. up, and, of course, and I hope that he plays Gilmore. Oh, Billy Gilmore. Yeah. Billy, Billy Goatmore. Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the Carabao Cup, gents? Is this something that you, you want to focus on? Yes. Do you think that Lampard's got Everything. his eyes on silverware? There's nothing we don't Chelsea want to focus for, Chelsea on. Chelsea really always, always, always gone for stuff. I mean, yeah. even going back, you know, the last 20 years, we've yeah. always focused on Cups. We haven't really disrespected it. Hence the reason we've won six FA Cups, four League Cups. And done well. You think these kids winning a trophy within their first year as a team, the, what that would do to the morale, to the to everything? Like you know, Jose said the first trophy he won was a League Cup against Liverpool, and that set the standard for. But they've been know, winning success. as well, haven't they? These boys, they've been winning the youth cup. Yeah, but to win a you no, know, I know, a, but, a, but it's not as if they've not won anything. No, they've, won, they've, they've had that, that element. It's a of very success. good opportunity to get silverware. Yeah, very good. And we, you know, we. But no, but I don't think I don't think he ever would ever play a team that was. Well, I think well, what he do what it, we, in the, from the past what they've done is he'll play youth to start off with, but he'll make sure the bench has got all the proper players fact, on fact, it. So the same play the kids. You're playing Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham. You're playing the kids anyway, so it's fine. Well, it's just a question of whether he gives uh, who else is there? Well, Gilmore uh, and. Um, I mean, we've got. Uh, it's a it's a it's a nice home match to play some is, other players. Is James you know? supposed to be available James, by James then? Is yeah. fit. Yeah. Um, tomorrow we'll get a game. Yeah, G- Gilmore yeah. probably get a game. Yeah, Mighty Mishy get a game. So yeah, so it's it's a nice it's a nice game to have at home. Indeed. And speaking of silverware, Champions League draw, gents, yeah. kicks off 17th of September. Petr Cech drawing the balls, which was a nice little touch. Yeah. It was. It but was. Ajax, Valencia, and Lille. It's a it's a good draw for us. I think we've got some. We haven't really got a. A top European team, you know, you know, a top top team. I think Valencia we should should be able to do okay against. I can practice my French against Ajax. Lille. Have lost their, you know, they lost three or four of their best players, and maybe they're not getting the same team they were. And suppose I don't know too much about Lille. I think they came fourth, didn't they? The well, they've league. got rid of Pepe, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. I had to get rid of some decent players, Lille. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, mean, I think we're going to see some good games in this in this group. Often you see so much so much dross in these group stages of the Champions League, but I think this is a, a tasty group, a good, very good group, and also it's a from the Travelling perspective, we haven't got far to go, so it's not like we've got to go to like you know Moscow in December. I think it is, isn't it? Two hours away, nearly everything. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's going to Manchester, or it's yeah. going to going to Newcastle. You get, I mean, you get the US star, you get the US star to um, Amsterdam and to uh, Lille, and nice like, easy of course, flights to Of course, yeah, you can. So haven't got a fly. God, I might even do that just overnight. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. It's a, it's a, I think we've been. It's a good group. I think it's a group we should advance from. But having said that, you look at all the teams in there. I mean, first or second this year may not necessarily be. The be all and end all because there's some really top teams in there, and if they all qualify, it's going to be. I don't, yeah, because you still have country protection. 
until the uh, quarterfinals. Yeah, of course you do, yeah. So that'll be some. That'll be a real test. When we get you know a, a, a top-notch European team. I think team. we'll do well in Europe. I really do. I think we'll get through think, to the past quarterfinals. I think that's, quarter that's, that'll be a good a good start. I think, as we said before, you know, top four, good progression on the cups. So that'll be a great season. Mm. And oh. then a war chest which is a lovely word he's got a war chest of money to spend it's going to be so exciting isn't it when Chelsea can actually spend the big bucks again apart from the rumours yeah it was great having a whole summer with Chelsea about sign no they're not because they're not signing anyone it was like no, but they, it doesn't stop people from still posting on Twitter yeah, oh, Chelsea are signing and you go well, yeah. when is that going to happen ben, then Ben exactly. Shaw's a done deal apparently yeah. Yeah. yeah never played Ajax by the way in a competitive fixture in the history of the football club interesting oh, little stat no. that and Lille some connections there Give me the players that Joe played Cole, for Joe Hazard. Cole, Hazard. A couple of others. Uh, we. Well, one other that I know of. Era? Uh, it's the ben, mid-noughties. Ben you? Mid to late noughties. Oh. Oh. oh, a bit later than that, actually. Sorry, Milk late. Shot. No. no. He, Position? Uh, he was a striker. Late K- noughties, Kesman. early. Ben Zaha? No. Uh, no. Uh, um, no. Ivorian, I believe. Kalou. Kalou. Yeah. Solomon Kalou. Yes. And also, they signed Timothy Weyer this summer, son of George. Oh. From Yeah, what happened with George Ware at Chelsea? This is a story I've always wanted to know about as to why it didn't quite work out. He came in on loan, got the win against Spurs, and that he thought, job done. He was 39, I think, as well. My my dad said, I said to him, are we signing George Weir? And like, How is this? 35? Went, yeah, 35 plus VAT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he scored. He played in the cup final. Yeah, he played in the cup final. He nearly scored in that. He got a few right. He went to Man City for a bit, didn't he? He was a bit like. Getting Eto. Eto. He was a bit past it. Yeah, but it, I, I, what I loved about Eto was the fact that, that he was so obviously not quite up to it that he would do those those sort of mischievous tricks like hiding behind the goal yeah. and then running out and then standing in front I of the goalkeeper. Eto'o and the goalkeeper would think, where did you come from? Eto was a bit of a cult signing when we signed him. I thought it, he was just really good, wasn't he? Man United hat trick. Yeah. Just really yeah. good to have him. Yeah. Oh, I've got a name for you, gents. I wanted to bring this up on this show because this might show me to not know enough about football, but I like, you know, I pride myself on my 90s and noughties knowledge. I was watching your classic Premier League goal shows earlier in the week on Sky Sports and a name cropped up that I'd kind of forgotten about but also couldn't remember either. You scored a great goal for Chelsea. Sam Dalabona. Yes. Crikey O'Reilly. Yeah. There's one from the archives. Sam Dalabona went to back to AC Milan. Finished off at Atlanta, I think, didn't uh, he? he? He didn't show a great desire to play he for was, Chelsea. He was that signed was with a fullback called Luca Picassi. Yeah, he never really got anywhere over the club, and he, he had a few good games under Ranieri. He seemed to be the favourite of Ranieri yeah. in situations, as as was the terrible Kike de Lucas. Kike de useless. Yes, yeah. and uh, and our friend Jakanovic. Joke on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. who I was think, absolutely I think that's appalling. He was. Appalling. I think he was a good player, but he just he was just he was probably was too ever. fast for him. Yeah, Dimitrio. Did his awful but, but injury Della, when we signed. Della Bonner, though, um, would come on and look good in spurts, but wasn't actually good that, enough. That good. You know. It's these players that fascinate me in the Premier League, more so than the, the players that stay at clubs for so long. It's these players that have just their fleeting romances with the Premier League that, had I not seen that goal, I would never, ever have remembered, have remembered him at all yeah. Unt- yeah. until either I saw the goal or someone mentioned him to me. I think as as supporters and seeing them all the time, you don't forget them. And then mm. it was I remember somebody once saying to me, Ah, oh, that Della Bonner, he was good, why did we let him go? And I said, Do, did you actually watch him yeah. during the season? Oh, he, uh, and he went I said he went, No, no, I didn't see him, I saw about four or five games. I said, Well you saw him on match of the day mm. and scoring, but you didn't actually see him. I said he kept giving the ball away, he kept in court possession, uh, he kept giving up. I said, So that yeah. wasn't really and then when he said he wanted to go to Milan, 
um, and we thought, well, it wasn't a free. Yeah, is that a off contract? you go then. Yeah, mate. off you go. And yeah. he never really. They didn't do, do much, much there. No, either. I went to Milan. No, he kind no. of dotted around Italian leagues yeah. a bit. And... Yeah. So Good players from the Premier League. Right, we are going to be looking ahead to the Sheffield United clash next. We're speaking to James Shield from the writer for the Star. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. This is Love Sport. Yep, it is indeed the opposition view on Love Sport. Chelsea playing Sheffield United this weekend. An interesting one on this one, because this was Chelsea's first ever top-flight match, was against Sheffield United. And, of course, they were the uh, cup finalists in 1915. There you go. So 7th of September 1907, cup finalist in 1915. Gatling gun, George Hilsden. Yeah. There you go, making history. Always had a soft spot for Sheffield United. Because always used to like uh, Dean and Agana up front. It was like the proper strikers, those two. Ah, yes. Yeah. Brian Dean. Yeah. Tony who, inf- who inflicted defeat upon Chelsea in the first Premier League clash for Sheffield United at Stamford Bridge in 92. Right. I'm sure... Our guest on the line now, James Shield, probably remembers that. James Shield, Sheffield United correspondent and writer for The Star. How are you doing, James? Hello, I'm fine, thank you. And you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Great to have you on. Do you remember that, that, that game, that first Premier League visit of Sheffield United to Chelsea in 1992? I, I do remember that game. I was actually there, uh, not in a working capacity, in a personal capacity. In a supporting was, uh, capacity. I was there at the game, in a supporting capacity, that's yeah, right, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Were you there for the 3-2? For the, uh, the, I, the the Brian Steen scoring in the last minute, Mark Steen. Mark, I Mark, Brian was. Steen, who was I he? Yeah. Was. Mark Steen. Mark yeah, Steen. yeah, got it wrong. Because right. yeah, yeah. yeah. the question there used to be a really famous lady TV presenter supporting Sheffield United. I'm trying to think of her name. Don't know. It's oh god. There's uh, there's actually a few. Well, this is the time uh, that, about the time that you, when Steen got the goal, she was sat two seats along from me. I can't think what her name was. I think Anna, somebody oh. maybe. 
Oh, no, I must admit, that doesn't ring a bell with me. Yeah. That doesn't oh. ring a bell with me. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, no I'm maybe showing my age or lack of it. Yeah. I don't know. Is that yeah. you had the kits with the strings on? When you were sponsored by Lava, wasn't it? You had those kits with the strings on. Was that the one? Was that the That's kit? the one. Yeah. That's the one, yeah, around the neck, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, it must have been horrible to play in that. Yeah. Well, James, that, that first game we mentioned there in 1992, Adrian Littlejohn and Brian Dean... It wasn't a bad start for Sheffield United in that inaugural Premier League season, was it? Especially for Brian Dean, who scored the first Premier League goal. It's not been bad this season. Not a bad return to the Premier League so far. No, not at all. Four points from uh, from three games, and I think the you know probably more importantly from from sort of Sheffield United's perspective is that they've actually not looked out of sorts. They've not looked out of place in any of those games. I mean, the points tally will sort of pretty much tell you that, but. Even last weekend when they were beaten by, by Leicester City at home, they, they, they'll have actually come off the pitch sort of feeling that, you know, perhaps we, we, we really should have taken a little bit more from that game. Uh, certainly, I think they, uh, they could have easily come away with a draw. And I think this, that's why I'm going to be fascinated to see what happens tomorrow because when they came up, they, they came up with this sort of very expansive style of play and this sort of quite strange system that... Frank Lampard, when he was at when he was at Derby, used to uh, used to eulogise about. We've not quite seen as much of the uh, sort of the overlapping centre halves and the paired with the attacking <laughs> wing backs, which sounds like it should be absolute chaos. Well, but J- it, James, it, can it, I ask you about this because this is something we keep hearing about Sheffield United, and I get it. I get overlapping centre backs, but for those who perhaps don't get it, can you just explain how this works and how it's come about this system? Well, it, it came about almost by sort of accident, really. I mean, Chris Wilder, despite having a, an absolutely sort of exceptional three years at Bramall Lane, got off to a, a pretty horrendous start, didn't win any of his first four games. And I know having spoken to him at the time, he always sort of quite fancied playing three at the back, but he, he felt it was something that sort of his team was just going to drift into. Uh, and there was sort of almost sort of similarities at that time with Antonio Conte at, at, at Chelsea after that Arsenal game where... He came off the pitch after a, a, a game against South End and, and just said, right, you know, forget that. We're going to go with this now. So what you'll actually see or what you saw an awful lot of last season, I say we haven't seen as much of it this year, but I'll sort of get on to why I wonder if we'll see a little bit more of it tomorrow, is very often you will see the, uh, the wing-back and his centre-half both reach the byline at the same time. It's, a, it's an absolute overload. They've drilled it on the on the training ground. The number of times actually last season in particular that you would see one wing back cross the ball to the other wing back as well who was on the on the other flank and, you know, it, it sort of, you know, would, would result in a goal or a, or an opportunity. The amount of times you see the centre halves actually provide an assist in and around the box as well is uh, is is probably ridiculous to be honest for a for a, for a team at this level. So mm. They they just sort of reined it in a little bit last week against Leicester City. And perhaps, as I say, although they've had a good start, perhaps that was the first game where you actually thought, you know, overall it's too strong a word, but I think they possibly gave the opposition a little bit too much respect. And I know that's something that they've talked about uh, this week. I know when I've spoken to the players this week, that's something that they've sort of conceded themselves. So James, I just wonder did, if we'll see a little bit more tomorrow. How did Derby do against Sheffield United last year? It was two really good games, actually. Derby beat Sheffield United at Pride Park uh, and probably deservedly beat them. And then 
when uh, when they came to Bramall Lane, Sheffield United sort of deservedly beat them, put three goals past them. So uh, that 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 was the point though of the season where Sheffield United had really sort of taken off and were sort of really sort of steamrolling towards that top two. But there wasn't an awful lot between the two sides. And I know Chris Wilder said this week actually that had had Mason Mount not got injured for Derby at sort of a couple of key stages of the season, he he thought they would have gone on possibly to push for the top two themselves. So it was an it. Two pretty sort of evenly evenly balanced games, uh, and I think probably the right result on both counts. Do you remember how, how we set up, how, how Lampard set up against uh, United? Initially, if, if memory serves me correct, I must admit, because obviously there's so many games in the Championship, but sometimes, unless something ridiculous happens, <laughs> they all tend to sort of morph into one. Yeah, of course, bit, yes, yes. It's, uh, if, if, if I remember rightly, the... I think when they came to Bramall Lane, they might have actually tried to sort of match Sheffield United up. And that was something that you saw an awful lot of, lot of teams do. But invariably, it, it, it didn't work. And then sort of they switched back to the usual formation. But by that time, the momentum was already with, with Sheffield United. Uh, because, you know, it, there was this sort of strange thing going on where teams who hadn't practiced this system that Sheffield United have absolutely drilled on the training ground. Yeah every single day would then try and copy it and of, and of course you know it just wasn't going to work as well that seemed to happen under when, when teams played against Conte uh, in that in that season they'd try and, and copy the, uh, the three at the back and they they frequently wouldn't be able to yeah. sustain the uh, the impetus I mean are Sheffield United ahead of where they people thought they would be under Wilder I mean the promotion to Premier League must have been a, you know was it unexpected or close to I... home was it expected I th- no, I, th- I think in fairness, it, it possibly, yeah, I think they're ahead of the uh, ahead of the curve, as it were. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been two promotions in in three seasons. I think they they possibly expected they privately fancied themselves to challenge for the playoffs last year, yeah. uh, because they'd, they'd gone close the year before the first season back in the championship. But the, it was just a sort of a lack of squad depth really exposed them. Then they lost one of their one of their better players when they were top of the table in November and went on a a pretty sort of, not terrible run, but terrible by their standards run mm. after that. But, you know, last, last season, I think that running, it, it really showed you actually what, what this Sheffield United side is about because, of course, they ended up in a, in a real dogfight for second place with Leeds. And, uh, you know, there's, there's not a great deal of love lost mm. between the two clubs. Same, same here, can, mate, uh, to be honest. You can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm sure there have been a few Chelsea fans cheering them on, to be honest. So, but it was... I think what, what, what saw Sheffield United get across the line was, they can, yes, they can play football. Yes, they've got this style that we've just spoken about. But they've got this wonderful sort of chemistry behind the scenes where you've got a Sheffield United fan and a dyed-in-the-wall blade as, a, as a manager. Yeah, and, and you, Billy well, Sharp as well. Yeah, and, 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 and exactly the same. Uh, yeah, you're right, as, uh, as captain of the football club as well. And they really sort of galvanised the squad and they showed an awful lot of grit and and determination and just sort of real, real mental toughness mm-hmm. at a time when, when Leeds didn't, to be yeah. honest. I mean, who are the players to watch out for tomorrow in terms of who should be sort of, you know, who's going to be the stars of the show? Um, I, I think the uh, the stars of the show, I mean, I think Ollie McBurney, their record signing, will uh, will start tomorrow. He's, he's started every game on the bench so far, mm-hmm. but he but he scored last week against Leicester City. So I'll be interested to see how he goes on. I think the... The ones, the names to watch almost for the future are there's one one of those centre halves, Jack O'Connell, 
uh, who used to play at Brentford, actually, but didn't really get a look in there. He's come on leaps and bounds since he came to Sheffield United, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if at some point over the next year or so, uh, if he carries on in the same vein, that he that he either begins to sort of attract attention from from some clubs higher up the food chain, or even possibly get on the uh, on the cusp of the England squad. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he really is that good. So I think he's he's one. He's possibly not the sexiest of players, if you get my drift, <laughs> in terms of what he's going to do. But I think he's uh, he, he's one to really look out for tomorrow. James, you mentioned Ollie McBurney there. You, we've also mentioned Billy Sharp as well. Is there? I mean, we know that Billy Sharp has scored goals in the Championship. He scored one on the opening day of the season. Ollie McBurney got his, his account, uh, opened his account, sorry, last week against Leicester. There is David McGoldrick and there is Lise Mousset who came in from Bournemouth as well, who, as a Premier League player, hasn't really pulled up any trees yet. Is there any concern about a lack of firepower for the Blades up top? Do you know what? There, there may well be from sort of the outside looking in. Uh, because the one thing they don't have a great deal of, of course, is, is sort of Premier League experience. Uh, but I think the way, the way they play, uh, they, they do create an awful lot of chances. And certainly so far, they've created more clear-cut chances than possibly you would expect a team that's just been promoted from the from the Championship to do. So they're, they're very, very positive. I mean, yes, listen, goals are going to be a lot tougher to come by in the, in the Premier League. That, that, that goes without saying uh, for Sheffield United. But... Personally, just with the way they play, I, I, I don't really look at that and sort of see that as a, as a real concern, to be honest. Uh, I think in a strange sort of way, and this is going to sound stupid, but I think the toughest thing for, for this group of players, I think the biggest challenge they're going to face in the Premier League this season is actually learning how to lose. Not liking it, but learning how to lose because it's, it's something they've not really done an awful lot of for the past three years. Yeah, and good to see Ravel Morrison as well getting minutes in the week in the Carabao Cup. Just before you go, James, a quick score prediction, if you will. Oh, dear me. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. Do you know what? I'm, I'm just going to sit on the fence and just say it to all. <laughs> nice, nice. I like that. James Shield, Sheffield United correspondent and writer for The Star. Thank you, James. Thank James. you very much for joining us. Right. Plenty more coming up on the Chelsea Fan Show. We're going to be discussing those comments from James Shield and looking ahead to that clash with the Blades. Love Sports. It's the Chelsea Fan Show on Love Sport. Myself, Matt Beadle, joined by the guys from the Chelsea Fancast, Jonathan Kidd Kiddo. and Dan Silva. We've got about eight minutes or so left, chaps, and we're going to look ahead to that game against Sheffield United tomorrow. 3 p.m. kickoff. Can Frank get back to back wins? Yes, I think he can. I think it's the bounce from the, you know the Norwich game, um, the crowd. I think I think we might we dominate a lot of games. I think we might. I think if they play as well as that, they yeah, play with might. the pace and they play with the pattern that they do, and they don't give away goals on the um, uh, Let, I mean, on the counter attack. Yeah. But it's interesting to hear what uh, James was yeah. saying about I think about United. Is yeah. they may not actually they may play a. Uh, um, uh, a pattern that, that it, it falls is easily easy for us to counter. The is, you know, are they going to completely change game plan, come and sit back and then hope for the best, yeah. or are they going to be just as they say progressive football, that gotten promoted and hope for the best? I mean, let's you know, I think the Leicester game was a bit of an anomaly because after the midweek game in Turkey and what have you, so I think we we're very tired after 60 minutes. I think if we can maintain the same level of performance we did against Norwich, I think we should probably come away with which the win. Which is very pacey and requires yeah. a great deal of fitness. Which is second half we did slow down a bit I think. Yeah. 
I think I mean, that first 45 minutes was just relentless. It was relentless. Yeah. But, if that, you know, but I think f- f- uh, lots of teams won't be able to, to stay with us if we play that, with that well, commitment. The pr- it's just, the it's press. The, uh, yeah, the press. It's the dealing with the, yeah. uh, with the counter is the major problem. So um, Hopefully we can kind of... Yeah. They've just got to I mean, improve, haven't they, really? Rudy might get game time, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, he, I don't know. I think you put him on the bench, actually. I Possibly, think that's yeah. what... Uh, Seems to be the case. I'm, I'm not even convinced Kante's going to play. Is well, he's not. I think he's, he's been, been ruled out. He's and been he's been, been ruled out already. And he's not been called up to French court. That's which right. Is great. He has, so he's yeah. got, he's got yeah. two weeks to rest. Yeah. There's no chance point of risking him. Yeah. I, I think we're three-one. I think. I think. I think we'll have enough. If we get an early goal, I think we can really. I think it'll be three-two again. Yeah. I think they'll be. Uh, they'll they'll press and we'll. We'll uh, we'll score the three. I think we're good at scoring goals. I think which I can't believe I'm saying, I know. considering that was that was one of the problems we without were worried a, about. Without a striker, apparently, without, yeah. Yeah, apparently yeah. A, top, a top striker, yeah. should we say? Yeah. Is uh, and it'd be interesting to see if Batshuayi's on the bench. Um, yeah, I think he's on the bench. I think he will be yeah, as two, an, another two option. strikers because yeah. it gives him a chance to go two up, yeah. two up top if he needs to. Yeah. What are we thinking about Michy Batshuayi this season, gents? Who? What is Michy Batshuayi now for Chelsea? He is a goal scorer, nothing more. Various people have said that he lacks game intelligence. He's very hard to coach, not because he's disruptive but he's just he's thick basically from what we understand <laughs> yeah he knows where the goal he's is I was going to be slightly more subtle with it mm. but yes, yeah he yes, knows yes, where the goal is you not know, the he's, sharpest he, tool in the box yeah. he's, he's a poacher expression. I mean some of the goals he's getting for Marseille for Dortmund the goals he's got for us have all been poachers guys I mean the, the goal at West Brom that won us the league making it run across that's you know, we create a chance to put the ball in the net because the amount of times previous seasons we've had great runs great crosses there's been no one in the six yard box trying to like gobble them up he could be, he's, he's like our Francis Jeffers. Well, he should have played him instead of Higuain oh, last year. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, that's a good comparison. <laughs> no, the Fox in the Box. The Fox in the Box, <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course, always gets labelled to, to Francis Jeffers and what he was all about, but we soon learned yeah. that what he was all about wasn't that much in the dad, Premier League. A dad in the Box. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely was. I mean, in terms of records against newly promoted sides, I think it's just three games at home of that 80 that you've played, Chelsea have lost to newly yeah. promoted sides. So there's a good record there. And Frank Lampard, obviously has a good record himself as a player against newly promoted sides. Yeah, I think you think a renewed Chelsea, you know, on the bounce from last week, again to the international break. I think I think there's going to be enough. We should we should have enough of Sheffield United. I mean, they've done they've done very well. This is who they play. They play Leicester, Villa, haven't they? Well, they're not to be underestimated. No, but this is their but first I just real think, test. I, I, yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting test. Yeah. I just think if if they play as well as they did, especially in the first forty-five minutes, Chelsea will will take them to the cleaners, particularly yeah. in the first few minutes. And I think it, that at the moment that seems to be the the uh, first ten minutes is when we both bit our most yeah. potent. Yeah, if you score tw- two or three times, that's it. Mm. Yeah. I think what I love about the start to Chelsea's season so far is that everything we talked about in the summer, if Frank Lampard was to take the job, is happening. Everybody talked about a new identity at Chelsea. Frank Lampard being able to put his stamp on this squad. On this squad, four goals this season in the Premier League, all been scored by Englishmen. I mean, you can't underestimate how important that is, right? Yeah, I think having having an English spine in the English Premier League is really important. I think you know they get the game, or people have got a real connection to the club, affinity to the club, which these players have got. I think that makes a huge difference. They're not kind of mercenaries is a strong word, but they're not just here for the dollar. They get the club. They want to succeed. They want to be hungry. They want to be putting on a Chelsea shirt and the man in charge Frank I mean Frank is is arguably Chelsea's greatest ever player incredible history incredible everything about him and he's such an articulate 
bright, progressive well, I think manager. That is, that is uh, he, the art, being articulate and he, being a, a PR dream. Well, is he, really he just much, talks really much so well. No, I'm, saying, I'm saying it's yeah. really much. Part, oh, it's fantastic. It's, I mean, it's part of the imi- the part of the of the process yeah. of, of actually pushing Chelsea into the into the next decade yeah. as a as a as a, 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 a global a, brand. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's I know to say, yeah. but nonetheless, it's a, it's nonetheless, a, we're, we're he is now. he's so competent on 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 camera and uh, dealing with any question given to him. Yeah, and he's. And he just given up football, so he gets the whole. All these kids on stupid money. He knows what it's all about because he's only just given up the game, so he gets the whole new breed well, of must footballers. Know, estimate the uh, the fact that Morris with him is also Jody uh, Morris. Is I've so said, involved I've said, in, the, I've said in the youth side. Of, Jody of Morris. I was on a, another debate show, and jo- Jody Morris and Joe Woods are so key. The integration of these youth players because they've seen them all pretty much from what twelve yeah. or thirteen, so they know them. Like I said about Callum Hassan Adoy, he's a great player, technically superb, but mentally not quite ready yet. Which is fine because he's 19 years old. Jody gets them, Joe gets them, they've coached them since they were kids, so they know everything about them, you know, how to motivate them, how to, the weak spots, so on and so forth. So I think it's, it's going to be a fascinating season. And Peter Cech's upstairs, McAuley's come back. Ashley, I'm still not quite sure what Peter Cech's role is, but. Uh, he's, he's a figurehead. Ashley Cole was probably coming back to the under 15s. And this is, this is the thing about Chelsea. Ashley Cole, who was, you know, pretty much like an Arsenal boy. Is now coming back to coach at Chelsea, which is it shows that. Mind if he got Arsenal didn't treat him very well though, did he? When he, when he returned, yeah, to, to only sixty Highbury, grand, only was. sixty grand a week. I mean, oh dear, yes. <laughs> I just drive my car off the road for that as well. <laughs> Do you think that Frank will keep it the same as to what he did last week? No changes. Um, I think if everyone's fit, it'd be the same team. I think. It depends. Is Pedro? Um, no, Pe- well, Pe- Pedro's not fit. Pedro's Pedro, back no. but a couple it, of weeks. So. In which case, I think he'll he'll play Pulisic and Mount on the wing, and uh, and Barkley will come into the middle again. Or who else can you bring in? Doesn't bring in Barkley. Instead of Barkley? Yeah. There isn't anybody, is there? Well, you've got Willian, obviously, William. coming off the bench, yeah. potentially. Yeah. He, he could play. But I do think that he'll... I think what these midfielders have got as well now is, is a chance to, to stake their claim because Kante's going to come back in, without yeah. a doubt. He's going to be... You know, he's the number yeah. one midfielder, first yeah. name on the team sheet. So it's now a case of Jukovacic, Barkley, Willian, everybody else to actually stake their claim to be the man alongside yeah. him. Along with Jorginho as well, who you would imagine is also going to be one of the first names if he it, continues playing like he has done. It's going to be tricky for him. He may just pick teams according to the opposition as well. He I might think, uh, think along those I lines. Think have, I think you have a core six or seven, like you know, the untouchables, just purely because you need that. You need like a six or seven players that aren't going to be changed regularly unless they get injured, and then fit the others around it. It's interesting what happens when James comes back as to what, what, whether there's I, a, a doubt on Aspilicueta playing. I think uh, from what Frank's been saying about Rhys James. I think yeah. he's gonna. He'll get game time pretty quickly, and if he stands up, he'll get. Aspi will become a. Uh, and it, interesting that um, uh, well, well Aspi, you think Aspi might not be in the team after that? Don't think so. Aspi, Aspi, everyone says centre half. Aspi is too short for yes, centre half. Yeah, yeah. What, what, why th- would he do that when he's got Christensen he's and Rudiger? Well, also he was great in a three under, um, under Conte, Conte, but the amount of times that like Deli Ali, when we lost yeah, to Spurs, right, right. just coming in behind just came him. In behind him yeah. But you know, As, Aspi's had been a brilliant zone for us. He'd be a great player to have around. You know, for Champions League nights and so on and so forth, when yeah, yeah. his lack of pace is less, you know, obvious. I think Rhys James will be in the team by Christmas. And of course, Emerson has uh, uh, been uh, beyond all expectation. Well, the player he was, yeah. Now he's fully fit. Yeah, indeed he has. Right, fellas, quick prediction before we go. Three one, three two, three two, three. Because I remember I got it right last week, so it's three two again. Brilliant, okay. you Thank are you. a good, a good omen, Jonathan <laughs> Kidd. This has been the Chelsea Fan Kiddle. Show. On Lost Sport with the guys from the Chelsea fancast, Jonathan Kidd and Dan Silver. Chelsea could go into the international break in the top four with a victory against the Blades. Gosh. How very exciting. We'll see you next next week, same time, same place on Love Sport.
Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.